I want to encourage you, friend, to get ready for what God has for you today. You get ready. As your pastor, I fulfill a number of roles here at the church. A major part of my responsibility is to provide leadership for our congregation. My role is to hear from God. My primary role is to hear the heart of God. What's God's heart? And set the direction and set the face of the congregation and kind of lead us in those ways that God is leading the congregation. That's my primary role. I sense that God is stirring up. And as I've been praying, I've been sensing the reality that God is stirring up the gifts in the hearts and the lives of God's people. There's people who have a heart for evangelism and God's stirring that in your heart. There's people who have a heart for different areas of ministry and God is stirring up. Some of you, he's shaking up. When I worked at my uncle's store, they had a paint stirrer. And sometimes you could shake the buckets. Other times you'd set the buckets in this thing and you'd have to, I mean, it shakes. The, and that's what God is doing in the hearts of his people. He's stirring up the gifts that are inside of you. He's releasing those gifts. Don't be surprised. I thought, how beautiful. Churches in America, Assembly of God churches, do not, so many, I'm not criticizing anybody, but I just thank the Lord for Sister Rasa today. I thought, Lord, what a confirmation. We've been asking for the gifts of this Holy Spirit, and in the midst of our service, you speak to the hearts and to the lives of your people. So don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit begins to flow through you and meet the needs of God's people. For far too long, people have been content to come to church and we come in and we shake a few hands and we sit down and we know what's going to happen at 11 o'clock and we know what's going to happen at 11.20 and we know what's going to happen at 11.30. And the reality of it is, is that much that happens in the church could be done without the power of the Holy Spirit, without God. It could be done without Him, but it doesn't really accomplish much. So people come in and they leave without encountering God And without having their needs met. What a horrible shame. What a horrible shame that broken needy people walk into the house of God desiring fresh water. Nothing against a video clip. Nothing against a choir song. Nothing against a nice sermon. But we have living water to meet the needs of people. We have the power of the Holy Spirit that he knows exactly what you're facing today. He knows exactly the person who, for whatever reason, stops, who's traveling through and walks into the building. He knows what they faced that week, and he cares about their need, and he is able and willing to meet their need. That's what the New Testament church was like. You never knew what was going to happen. But one thing for sure... You knew that lives were going to be changed and that people's needs were going to be met. I want to declare to you today that Lighthouse is coming into an unprecedented season of time in which people's lives are going to be changed and which the Holy Spirit, not Steve Ritchie, not you, not anybody else, the Holy Spirit is going to work through you, though, and work through me, and work through this body to change people's lives and to meet their needs. What a glorious thing to know that God cares about the needs of people, and He's willing to meet them. I want to do just a quick flyover of the book of Acts. We're not going to go through the whole thing. We're going to just look over a couple portions of when we talk about the gifts. 
when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, we see that the gifts were released and that people's lives were touched and changed as a result of that. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it tells us that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The New Testament church has the gifts of the Spirit operating all throughout it. And when the gifts are operating, people's needs are met. When the gifts are operating, people's hearts are touched. So in Acts 2.4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. When they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jews from all around the world were utterly amazed, the Scripture says, because they heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. The Bible says in verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? When the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation, unsaved people are going to be amazed and perplexed. They're going to question what is happening there. When the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation, it's going to cause awe. In Acts chapter 2, we also see miracles and the gift of giving. I want to say this to you. There's two spiritual gifts, I believe, that open up the way for the other gifts to operate. One of them, it's one that we could easily look over. One of them is hospitality. It says that throughout the New Testament church was known that they broke bread together daily. And they met together in each other's houses. So this idea of hospitality, they had to meet somewhere. And people open up their homes, and when they open up their homes, they open up their lives to one another. And as a result of that, people's lives were touched. We also see this. We also see that when people give. Now, I'm not doing this to take up an offering. I want you to understand that. But there's something about when people give. It opens up things. It opens the way. Somehow, when people give, there's something about us getting our focus off of ourselves and caring about the needs of others. And when we do that, we often see that spiritual breakthrough comes because people give. There's a, something about someone having a generous heart because you know what? When you give, you're coming Christ-like. For God so loved the world that he, what did he do? That he gave. In Acts 2, the scripture says this, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. The Bible says that if your gift is giving, then give generously. And that's exactly what the New Testament church did. We also see that this gift of giving is in operation throughout the whole book of Acts. When you go through and read through the book of Acts, you'll see that this gift is in operation all throughout. We also see the gift of healing in Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, it says, you know, there one day Peter and John were on their way to the temple. And they were going to pray. And along the way there, and you can read it in Acts chapter 3, along the way there, they met a lame man who was a beggar. And he was asking for alms. He wanted to meet his momentary need. 
He wanted to have enough so that he could make it through the day and maybe have some, a little bit left over so that tomorrow that his need would be met, that he'd have some food to eat or maybe to apply some clothing that he needed or whatever his material needs were. But it was really, he was begging. A beggar typically is day to day. But God wanted to do something much greater in his life than to supply a temporary need. And we see there that Peter looks at him and he says to him, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says that instantly, it didn't take six months of therapy. I know God works through therapists and I know that he works through over a period of time. But I want you to know that we serve a God who can heal people instantly. We serve a God who can deliver people instantly. We serve a God who can change your situation before you walk out of this room. How about it, bro? I'm telling you, before you walk out of this room, we serve a God who can hear you and answer you and deliver you and show you that he can do the impossible. And that's exactly what happened. Whenever he said that, he began to leap and jump and praise the Lord. So we see the gift of healing taking place there. Once again, when that takes place, in verse 9 of chapter 3, it says, When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Do you see this general theme? When the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation, when God is moving, it causes unsaved people, it causes even the saints to look with awe and amazement at what God has done. In Acts chapter 3, we also see the gift of faith that's released. In chapter 3, verse 16, it's in that same situation. The explanation, as he explains it, he says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name. I was so glad we sang about the name of Jesus. I was so glad we sang songs about how powerful and wonderful and glorious he is. Because this is what I noticed this morning as we were praying. My message for you was to tell you about the different ways that God works through his gifts. But we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about it for a minute. And then we leave and how God wants to meet people's needs. And then we were just going to get up and leave. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you how he heals, how he saves, and how he delivers. And then we're going to leave. And I'm tired of doing that. Even my preparing my message, I was like, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. We're supposed to let him, we're supposed to make time and make room for him and invite him to meet the needs of God's people. So it's by faith. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can see. We also see the gift of giving in Acts chapter 4. And you're familiar with that. It says that all the believers had everything in common. And on occasion, they would sell what they owned. They'd sell their properties. Can you imagine that? They'd sell a piece of land. And they would come and lay it at the apostles' feet so that God met the needs of the body. What an incredible thing. And then there was this particular guy named Barnabas. He had a gift of giving. But Barnabas also had a gift of encouragement, of exhorting people. Barnabas is someone who we oftentimes overlook, but if it weren't for him, much of the New Testament would not have been written because Barnabas was the one who saw the apostle Paul before when he was Saul. And he brought him and he reached out to him and he brought him to the people. He stood up for him. 
It was Barnabas who, whenever the book of John Mark, John Mark, and and Paul, after receiving grace, he's kind of done with John Mark because John Mark was a quitter. He's, listen, I can't have losers like that on my team. And so him and Barnabas parted ways. And what was it? It was Barnabas' gift of encouragement that he saw that there was something good in this young man. I can't give up on him yet. He's made some mistakes, but I'm not going to give up on him. And so we find here that Barnabas takes and he sells his property and he comes in and gives it. There again, that gift of giving. But there were some other people there watching. We see other gifts operating in, in Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira. And when we see that portion of scripture, we recognize that there was a word of knowledge and we see the discerning of spirits in Acts chapter 5. I mean, I'll be honest with you, if someone sold their property and comes and brings a check to the church, I'd be just saying, well, praise God. God bless you. Are you sure you want to do that? Not Peter. Peter's because this all of it. <laughs> yeah, pastor, it's all of it. What's caused you to lie to the Holy Spirit? What's gotten into you that would cause you to lie to the Holy Spirit? You're not lying to man, you're lying to God. And in that moment, God struck him dead. The scripture tells us that later on it says a great fear sees people. But Peter, as he sees him, as he's talking to him, would have been a word of knowledge, this man's lying. It was a discerning of spirit that his motivation for doing it, his attitude for doing it was wrong. It was for the wrong motives. They take him out and they bury him. And then a few minutes later, his wife comes in and Peter said, hey, well, let's just check with her, see, what she, see if she's walking straight. And he says to her, is this what you paid? Oh, yes, yes. And he said, the men who carried out your husband are at the door and they're coming for you. And what happens? Great fear. Here's the other thing. Great fear and awe seizes the hearts of the people. They're amazed. Why? Because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation. We also see in Acts chapter 5, verse 12, it says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. And no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more, men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their numbers. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Miracle working power, healings. Then Acts chapter 6, verse 8, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. Listen to this. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Crazy thing is, is when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation, God gives them as he wills, but one thing always happens. Jesus is glorified. People's needs are met. And people's lives are changed. I think it was on Monday of this week or last week, I met with Ron and he had said to me, Pastor, I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. He said, I'm hungry for it, Pastor. I said, well, Ron, God wants to fill you. 
I'm walking back there praying for people and I walk by and I heard old Ron speaking in tongues. God baptized him. 70, I think 73, 74 years old. Hey, God can teach an old dog new tricks. Don't let anybody fool you. You're not too old. You're not too young. You've not gone too far. Whatever your need is today. Now, here's the beautiful thing, too, is that it's not one person who does the ministry. The Bible calls us, we are the, what, the body of Christ. Many members, and each part does its part. So what we're going to ask you to do today, because I think there's some people here who God's been stirring things in your heart. You know He's been prompting you. You know He's been telling you to pray for somebody, to encourage somebody, to reach out. That thing of hospitality, there's some of you who God's telling you, you need to open up your home to others. You need to open up your life and invite them in. That gift of giving, there's some of you who God's been telling you that you need to give. You may say, well, I don't understand. But when you give, God breaks those things open. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work in our midst. If you are here and you want prayer, our deacons, our pastors will pray with you. Maybe some of you say, Pastor, I'd like to pray with people. God's prompting on my heart that I want to pray for somebody. You come on up here. Stand up here with us. Join with us. There's others of you who the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you to move out. And it's beautiful is to hear people's testimonies, to hear people, this is what God's speaking to my heart. This is what He's putting upon my heart. And what was so cool is the body is built up and people's needs satisfied today. We're saying, God, we want to observe the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want to see you ministering to people's hearts and lives. I think there's families that are going to be touched. I really feel that. God wants to touch families today. So Father, in Jesus' name, we acknowledge you. We say that we have invited you here. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts, to change our lives, to minister as you see fit. In Jesus' holy name.